we're going to look at Luke chapter 5, and we're going to start on verse 1. Verse 1. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's pray. Father, what an awesome passage, Lord. And Father, we just pray your spirit just come upon us, Lord. We pray, Lord, your spirit just gives us fresh on what this passage is saying to us individually and as a church. Bless your word this morning. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Please be seated. You know, God is good, right? I keep saying that because it's true, right? And I was praying to the Lord what to, what to teach on. Pastor, our pastor was sick, and I wasn't sure, but I love this passage, and it feels like it's just going, all what's happening this week, what's going on in our church, the mission trip that just happened. And, and this passage is a good reminder to us all on the calling that the Lord has in our, our lives, each one of us. God has a calling in all our lives. He wants to use us. That's why we talked a little while ago about the VBS. Those little kids, they're going to they're gonna grow up quick. You know, I always talk about this all the time. Who do you want to tell them about the Lord? Right? The Bible? Or you want the world to tell them which they should be chasing after? Right? So this passage is a wonderful reminder. It's good just to be encouraged. Right? And on this particular passage here in Luke, uh, it's this passage here records a second time that the Lord called Peter to follow him. And, but only Luke has this account. Okay, this is a very important account. I mean, they all are. But, and this account here is talking about how the Lord called all four of these gentlemen here, these apostles. But today, this morning, I would like to focus mainly on Peter, obviously, for this text. Because right? Peter here is a great example of, of ordinary people that God uses to serve him, right? Ordinary people, right? If you can look at some of the books we have on the harvest, you can see all the different Calvary Chapel pastors that are being used by God, right? You've got people that are ex-Herald's angels that he passed away, but he was used by God, right? You've got an ex-Marine that was going to kill his family, Raul Reed, somebody, you know, that somebody loves you ministry, and so on, and so on, and so on. All these people that God used that you would think could not be used in that way. Why? For God to get the glory. So, and this is what I like about Peter, because most of us that read the Word of God could relate to Peter. Right? We could all relate to Peter. The things he says, the things he does. You know, we look and we, if we want to laugh at him, we're kind of laughing at ourselves because we've done a lot of the things that he's done. Right? So we can relate to him. Why? Because he failed. He's been. He's failed a lot of times. Right? But the bad conception on what people, the outside world, have on us Christians is that, well, you're a Christian. How could you, how could you fail? You know? How could you get nervous? How could you stress? Right? And, and I love the, that's what I love about Peter, right? But what I like also about P Peter is that he failed in the worst way. All right? You guys know what I'm talking about. He said, Lord, I'll, I don't know about these, these guys back here. 
But me, I'll never, ever leave you. And what does he do? The Lord told him. What does he do? There he goes. All right? And he turned his back. We could say, you know, how much times have you been honest with ourselves? We're in that same boat. Or are we as simple as someone not defending, not, not backing, not saying the truth about the Bible at work? denying when someone's talking about other faiths and we didn't stand up and say, no, Jesus is the only way. All right? But God has grace on this. And that's what I like about Peter because it shows the love that Jesus does not give up. Jesus does not give up. You know, we, you know I don't know where you're at today this morning. You know, you might be, if you know the Lord, you might, man, I'm just, I just have not been walking with the Lord like I, like I used to be. Or I just lost a flame, all right? This right here is a good, wonderful account to remind how Jesus never gives up. He never gives up, all right? So, this, so that's the wonderful thing. That's the thing I like about this particular passage. Now, on this passage, I need, I need to talk about this a little bit, right? You know, we look at it, and he says, you know, he just leaves, right? He talks to Peter, and he, and he leaves. You would think, wow, he just walked up to him. That's some faith. But I, like I said, you know, this is the second time the Lord called Peter, right? But if you, uh, what I like about him is that Peter already met Jesus, right? On John, John chapter 1, verse 40, John chapter 1, verse 40, he says, One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah. See, so there's one of the first times he met him already before this account we're going to read today. And then on John the Baptist, right, on the same chapter, verse 35, if you look down chapter 1, John, he says, again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, that's Andrew and, and Peter, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God, right? And, in ver and on verse 29, it says, who takes away the sins of the world. So he had an encounter with Jesus already. And also in John 2, he was at the, where Jesus turned uh, water into wine. He also, the disciples, were with him there as well. So he's, had an, he's been with Jesus already. He saw Jesus already. He knew who Jesus was. All right? We can say that about ourselves. We know who Jesus is. Right? But in this account, it's awesome because he tells you, you, you this is when he gets, when he gets called. Right? He gets called and he starts knowing his that the Lord is calling them. So from day one, there was a recognition who Jesus was, but it took a long process. It took a long process for him to, that he could live that out. That's God's grace, all right? You know, if you right now are thinking, man, I'm just, like I said a while ago, I'm not where I should be. God has not given up on you. And this is right here, a part of the passage that reminds us that he, it's a process, all right? So remember, Peter, also what I like about Peter, and it's a good encouragement for us that fail. Peter boasted that, right? As, like I said, he denied Christ. But, and you might say, well, he didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. All right? But even after the Holy Spirit, right, Peter, if you remember on, on Galatians chapter 2, even though he was ready to walk with the Lord, he acted, it says there that Paul called him out for acting like a hypocrite. Because right? all of a sudden there he is eating, eating some pork and all, and right? After the Gentiles, then here comes the Jews, and he walks away. He didn't want to be seen with them. See, so this is what I like about this. This is, what, this is a good passage because why? Because we're weak. We're all weak. But we're strong because why? We stand on the Lord. All right? So here we go. So this experience here is a good foundation. I believe it's a good foundation that helps because, you know, like I said a little while ago, he denied Christ. Well, here's some foundation that when the Lord restored him, he, got to, he knew who Jesus was. He knew his love. All right, so here we go. Peter's account, and I want to be able just to intro. Chapter 5, Jesus has just begun his public ministry and gone through the cities of Galilee, teaching, preaching, and healing the sick. But this particular part, his, repetition, his reputation is growing, right? And it's getting difficult for him to get around. Everybody wants to touch him. Everybody wants to see Jesus. You know, they want to bring their kids, right, because he's healing, he's healing the sick, all right? He's touching everybody. So right at this particular time, he's, he's, he's very popular at this time, right? 
Now here, look at verse 1. Notice with me. Here's what teaches, uh, Jesus teaches from the boat. Verse 1 says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two, po- two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing the nets. And I didn't mention a while ago, what I want to point out here are five points. Five points that, I, that the Lord spoke to me about regarding when we are walking with God, when, how, do we, how do I follow him? Here's some five points I'm gonna, that the Lord put in my heart to, to be encouraged as we walk or walk, as we're following Christ, how to be encouraged. So first, the first thing, as you look at those two verses, God's word is our foundation. God's word is our foundation. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's, you know, no matter what, we, no matter what, the word of God is, is, what, is our foundation. Because we find out it's not always just miracles and stuff like that. It happens. You can't go through emotion. It's the word of God is our foundation to follow Christ Jesus. And so here, as you look at verse 1 and 2, look at that. He's, Jesus, the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, verse 1 says. You can see here, Jesus, he always sees the needs of the multitude. He always sees the, what we need, right? right? He has compassion. Right? He has so much compassion for the people, yet Jesus cares for his people. That's what, you know, Jesus didn't care for the nation of Israel this time, right? And now, right? And they need to hear the hope of the word of God. You know, that's what we need, right? Our nation, we need revival. We need revival in this country. The only way it's going to happen, it don't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, it's it's the word of God. It's the Lord. That's it. That's why when we vote, you know, where are they standing in the word of God? Right? Jesus cares about the nation of Israel. It's revival. So the revival words it start, it starts in our own house, in our own home. Right? And the only way that's going to happen is by the word of God. Now, if you notice still in verse 1, it says he stood at Lake Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Tiberias, which is the Sea of Galilee. Right? And here, Jesus sees two boats. He's looking for the fishermen, and he knows them cleaning their nets. So they worked all night to clean the nets. They had, it doesn't say they have fish. So they had a whole night of working with a fruitless night of fishing. They didn't catch anything. They probably just, all they got was seaweed. See, that's why for me, uh, I, I, I get this. I, I don't, I don't, I fish, I fish at Costco, right? Because I know I'm going to get something there. <laughs> I tell, every time I used to go fishing, I, I, Dave, I, God bless you, brother. I, I see those big old fishes. He has those pictures. I'm a bluegill guy, man. I, I can never get anything but little fishes like that. I was never good at fishing. Yeah, so me, Costco, here we go. Three pounds, please, right? So, <laughs> all right, so, but I get it. So here's these two guys, they're fishing. They didn't get anything. They're looking at the nets, and they had a long night working, and they didn't get anything at all, right? Now, I want to make sure this is perfectly clear, especially for us that read the Bible. When we read it, there's a different account when Jesus saw the fishermen. He, there, they're casting the nets. Here, they're cleaning their nets. It's, it's recorded in Matthew 4, 18 through 20, and, and in Mark Chapter 1, we read this before, last couple weeks ago, verses 16 to 20, and it says there on Mark, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then they said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets, followed him. When he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, who also were both uh, in the boat, many of their nets, and immediately he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat when they hired the servants and went after him. You see, so this is not the, this is the second time. That was a different account, okay? That's a different account. So one time they did, they did follow him, but for some reason, we don't know why, they stopped. They stopped following Jesus, all right? So here, this, but here, this is the first time that they were called to follow Jesus, right? And I personally, some people, some people believe in commentary. Some people say, well, maybe Jesus told them to go back. We don't know. I believe they followed Jesus, but for some reason, they, they, they just went back. They went back fishing. You know, we could do that. Right? We could do that. We, we could just kind of walk away a little bit or, and not be uh, following the Lord like we were at one time. So, so here, Jesus, uh, I love this, account, this part, this verse, because Jesus sees Peter personally among the multitude. You know, you can see that. You know, here he sees everybody. 
and he sees Jesus, right? He just, just sees Jesus, right? Why? Because he knows Peter needs a savior. He knows, Jesus, he knows Peter's need, right? He knows that he's in need of a savior. And, and so that's, he knows, our, he knows our heart, right? He knows what we need. You know, here when, when, when the word of God is being taught, and there's times when we're sitting there and talking, Pastor Pat or whoever's up is talking to the church, that thing comes straight to me, right? And I'm sure that happens to you too. And, and this is what's happening to, to Peter. He's, he's, he, sees, he sees Peter and he knows. He knows, he, knows he, needs to, he needs to hear what he's going to tell him. So look at verse 3. And verse 3 says, When he got into one of the boats, that's Jesus, which was Simon's, and asked him to put a, a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. So here we go, right? So while cleaning after working all night, Jesus asked Simon to put his boat out so that he could teach the word of God. All right? So he, if you, if you think about how that's what's going on here, to get some space between the people, Jesus asked Simon to use his boat as the pulpit. All right? There's a mass, think about it, there's a lot of people just gathering, he's asking to put him out there. Peter here is being built up on God's word. Now, here's another thing I find encouraging about Peter here. It said right there that Peter worked all night. And he did not say, I'm too tired. I've been working all night. Or for some of us, my commute's too long. Right? Right? He knew he needed to hear the word of God. He knew he needed to hear the word of God. And and he, he saw me before, he heard the word of God, and he didn't fight any. We could all find excuses why we, we don't want to be in the Word of God. But here, for some reason, God is t- tugging his heart. He worked all night. He didn't use an excuse. He didn't say, Lord, I'm tired. I worked all night. I got no time for Bible study. Uh, he did not say that. And so it's encouraging for all of us. You know, if you want to grow in our faith, if we want to follow Jesus, we need to hear the Word of God. You know, we got the midweeks here. We got Tuesdays. We got Thursdays. We got Wednesdays. We got Fridays. We got a lot of stuff. And Besides here, and when you push through it, I, like I always say, I share this all the time, there's never been a time where I'm so tired I go to a Bible study that I said, God, I'm too tired, I wish I didn't come. Right? God always lifts you up. God, we know we need the word of God, and this is what's going on with Peter. I'm sure he was discouraged, discouraged all night, he didn't catch anything. Right? So Jesus sat and taught the multitude the word of God. Well, he taught them the word of hope. They taught him the word of salvation. He teaches them all his word. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the Bible study that Peter had right there and all those guys? So there he is. Peter's right in the front, right? Jesus speaks to the crowds, right? And he speaks to us because he's always available to us. He's always available to us. Look at verse 4. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So the second thing I see here is, two, we need to rely on the, the Lord's direction. We need to rely on the Lord's direction. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Excuse me, your path. This is God here speaking to him. He's telling him, launch it out. You know, many times that's what we do. We, like to, we, we tend to go on our own understanding. We tend to want to do things the way we've always done it. Right, but here the Lord, that's, he's telling them, hey, you know what? Jesus takes Peter to the heart of the struggle, which is what? It's self-reliance, right? That's what he's struggling with. He's struggling with his pride. He's like, yeah, I don't need to go out there. I, I, I don't need to. I, I could do this on my own. I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't need it, right? So, but fishing, now you got to look at this. Fishing is caught when the nets are on top of the water, right? Not like poles that we have it. And so he knows the shallow time is during nighttime. So, so he knows, so Jesus challenged Peter. He's challenging, okay, let, let's see if you're really going to commit to me. Let's see if you really follow me, all right? Jesus challenged Peter's knowledge on what he knows in the past, all right? Jesus knows Peter needs, uh, uh, Jesus knows, I'm sorry, Peter's needs of, of getting to trust in the Lord. He needs to trust in God, all right, and depend on the Lord. You know, that's one of the things that, uh, uh, I love, I love how Lord does this stuff, right? Because I know when I got this, I probably shared with a few people before. I worked, I worked at another company for 17 years, right? And I got, to be, I got to be pretty good at it, right? 
And then I and now I work for Tesla. And I thought, oh, that's the same thing we've been doing for 17 years. It's going to be the same thing. I could just catch on where I was. Yet here I go to Tesla, and it's totally different. I mean, the manufacturing of this car is electrical. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff that I, I had no clue. So when I went in there thinking, oh, I got this. You know, I didn't, they had to give, they told you, here's some classes to know, to be updated on some of the stuff that how, how you work on things. And I didn't think, I didn't, I didn't go on the internet and I, I, I got this. Man, my first month was, I struggled. I, str I tried to play it off and I tried to do the best I could, but I struggled. Why? Because I was, I was relying on myself. You know, I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even pray, Lord, help me. Right? I figured, I, I, I got this. I, I catch on. I'll, I'll catch on to this, this job. Man, I struggled. I, I truly struggled. I, after that, I just said, Lord, I'm going to lose this job. I need help. I, I don't get it. And wouldn't you know it? After that happened, I mean, not, not, much, not that much longer to that, he brings people on that I haven't seen in years to help me come alongside me. They're able to, to learn the new ways, to learn the new, all this technology that I had no clue how to do. And I know that was God. Because to be honest with you, I, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to look for another job because I'm not getting this. But yet here I was, relying on myself. Right? I, didn't, I didn't even ask the Lord. I didn't pray to the Lord. I relied on my own understanding, which was, which is, obviously, God was showing me something. You prayed for this job. Now what? Now you forgot about me? Right? But by his grace, what is, as soon as I prayed, he surrounded me with old friends. People were showing me stuff, and, and I caught on. And, and that's all God. Right? Even before my 17, my other years in, at my other company, that's all God. And that's what, we, that's what God is trying to show Peter here, to rely on me, to, to trust in me. You know, I know you've been doing this fishing the way you've been doing it for a long time, but you need to trust in me. I'm going to show you something, right? And this is one of the things that uh, uh, God is, is trying to show Peter and trying to show us. So look at verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Here Peter obeyed Jesus' word, even though to him... Like, for me, it didn't make sense to him, right? It didn't make any sense at all. It had no reason. Because, man, he, I'm sure he's thinking, man, you're a carpenter. <laughs> what do you know about fishing, right? <laughs> well, he's probably thinking, like, hey, if I need you to build something, okay, but come on. I've been doing this for a long time. I got my company. <laughs> come on, right? Because you could tell when you look at that in the, in the wording, he reluctantly said, okay, master, we toiled all night. And he, you know, come on, I don't want to go back out there again. That's basically what he means. But look how he responds. Notice verse 5. He says, Master, which means captain, which commander. Peter acknowledges failure. And I'm sure he heard the teaching when he was on the boat. He knew. He didn't say, I was, I was, when I read this, I was catching my, my attention. He didn't say teacher. He said, Master. Master. We tried all night. We caught nothing. But here's the key word for me. Nevertheless. At your word, I will cast it down. See, he was obedient. Why? Because now he's knowing Christ. He's, I'm sure that Bible study, I'm sure when he was hearing the word of God being preached to him, I, I'm sure it was really, he was, he was to that point where he was, just needed something. I'm sure it was just all coming in. He was really getting to know Jesus personally. And yet here, he was obedient. Why? Because now the knowledge of his past, his work, is the knowledge in Christ. Knowledge of the word of God. Because, you know, remember, he's seen miracles in the past. He's seen the teachings, and you could probably, we could probably say, well, you know, hey, you know, there's Jesus and there's miracles. Yeah, if I saw Jesus there too, if I lived in that time, right, I, you know, I'm sure I believe him too. But if you look back at the next chapter, on verse 33 in chapter 4, look at this account. It says, now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. These demons knew who Jesus was. They didn't say, oh, Master. All right? They saw the miracles, but yet they didn't, they, 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 they didn't want to obey God. They didn't want to obey Jesus. So, so many times it's just the Word of God. It's just God showing you personally who He is in our time of need. 
So that's in the Kalamite there, because we could, I've heard that before, people say that, well, in that time, it's easy to believe. No. The demon was probably there when they saw creation. But, he, but now he's knowing God. He, why? Through his word. You know, many times I want to encourage some of us here that if, if, you're, if you feel like you're falling back, if you feel like you don't have the desire to hear the word of God, you don't, feel like you don't have the desire to go to the Bible studies, remember God's word. He has not given up on you. Go back to the Bible, because that's how he speaks to us. That's how he speaks to the Holy Word. That's how he speaks to us, right? Well, so Peter is willing to trust Jesus because now he's starting to develop a relationship with Jesus. Peter needs to deal with his failures. Peter needs to, re- to, to, to deal with his, den- you know, his denials. So Jesus takes him back to where he failed. He's going to take him back. He took him back to, the, back to the ocean. He took him back to the fishing, right? This is the way t- uh, Jesus teaches us, right? He teaches, he teaches people through our fails, through our denials. You know, um, going back to my old job, especially where I used to work at before my old job, um, I seen a lot of uh, people in denial. I used to work for a department. Uh, it's called the stamping department. It was a lot of money to be made. In that. It was 24-7. If you wanted overtime and you want to work, everybody tried to get in that, that company, right? And the times I spent there, I, I, I was in that particular department for 10 years. I saw a lot of Christians and non-Christians go through divorces in their marriage. Why? Because they're in denial. Right? They were believing that, oh, I, we got money, we're getting more money now, I, 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 could work, I could make up to this many figures. And some of the people there that worked every day, they, they, they made over 100000 easy. That was a long time ago. All right? But they were in denial, and sometimes when they would talk to me, because they knew, they, knew, they knew I knew the Word of God, and their marriage was falling apart, and they would totally be in denial that their marriage was falling apart. Because they would be totally say, hey, uh, it's a, I, I got it. Why should she be unhappy? I give her all she wants. All right? All right? Like she got everything. Yeah, but she don't have you. She needs you. Same as we, how we need the Lord. All right? Well, sometimes we, we're in denial. We can be in denial. Right? And, and so when I read this passage, he will take you back. You know, what are you struggling on? Right? What, what are you struggling on? God will show you if you're willing. You know, if you, if you let him speak to you, right? You need to be obedient, right? Many times we want to rely on our own intellect, our own reasoning. But Jesus here is saying, no, he's telling Peter, I'm going to take you back where you failed. I'm going to show you who I am. So look at verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets was breaking. Can you see this? All right, just all this. So they signaled to their partners in, in the other boat to come up and help them. And they came back and filled the boat so that they began to sink. Well, that's a lot of fish. <laughs> that's a lot. I can't even get some. That's a lot of fish, right? So now look what's, ha- what's going on here. Well, third thing I see, now they're realizing what God can do, right? Do we realize what God can do in our lives, right? The result of his obedience, even though he didn't want to do it, even though he said, Lord, okay, I trust you, right? What does he do? The result of his obedience, all this success, this fruitful, all this fish, right? All this fish. I know I talked to a lot of guys out here where they, you know, we trust in God. God could, I hear so much wonderful testimonies. Oh, my gosh, I was, I didn't have a job, but God gave me this job. God gave me, you know, God did this for me because I was obedient when I didn't think I had a chance. And this is what he's doing. He's totally, reli- totally giving us everything. He's relying on what God could do. And look, that's what we need to do. We need to realize what God can do in our lives. Right? The miracle of this great catch was Peter's first revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. Because look, you think about it. I mean, you've seen all this fish you've probably never seen, probably never caught in, I don't know, a month. Right? And you've seen, oh my gosh, all at one time. It's you're not supposed to catch anything. It's daytime. Totally the opposite how they're supposed to do things, right? It's supposed to be, ca- like I said, they caught fish at nighttime because uh, it was shallow. It's deep. And they're probably just, what's really going on here, right? You know, this catch is great. So what does he do? He calls his friends to help. He call- hey, I need help. That's what we need to do sometimes, right? All the time, really. We need to call our brothers and sisters when we need, we need help. Right? So here Jesus reveals to Peter his need, right? It's Christ. It wasn't that fish. 
It was Christ, and he's revealing himself to him. All right? Because he salvation, and that salvation is by grace and grace alone. Right? And, that's, and by admitting our failures, the Lord, the Lord, by his power, will transform and fix all our failures. If, if, if we're not walking with God like we used to, he'll fix that. If it's our marriages, like I said a while ago, he'll fix that. He'll fix all things. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. All right? Jesus will change our hearts. Jesus, he wants to change our hearts. He wants to be that part of our lives. He wants to fix our, our, our failures. He wants us to give it to him. He doesn't want us to try to fix it ourselves. We need to be dependent on the Lord, right? Jesus can feel all our insecurities, all our failures. And why would you want to give it to him, right? Why would we want to give it to him? So by following Christ Jesus, we need to uh, uh, be in the word of God. We need to uh, not lean on our own, but lean upon the word of God. And we need, read, we need to realize what God can do in our lives. Because look at verse 8. Peter's reaction and calling, right? Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, when he saw this fish, when he saw this, what he, this miracle, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now here's the fourth thing I see here. We need to recognize the problem of unbelief. We really do. Do we believe who God is in our lives? Do we believe who he is, right? Uh, I'm reminded, I just thought about it right now, I'm reminded, on, on, I believe it's in Mark. Um, I, I want to say it's like chapter 9 or something like that. I never, this part always, it always gets me. That sometimes I, when I read it, as a father especially, it, it, it's hard for me sometimes to say it, right? But when they come down, in this, I, and I think they're coming back from the transfiguration, but I remember when this father asked for his son to be healed, for he was possessed, and they couldn't heal him. All right? And then, he, they, and then when he, he comes down, and, the, and he goes, why couldn't we heal him? I'm paraphrasing. Why couldn't we, couldn't he, why could we, why couldn't we heal him? And then he said, this has to be done by uh, fasting and praying. He goes, and I think, as a matter of fact, I'll read it to you. Because I don't want to say it wrong. I know I got circled here because I have, yeah, there it is. Nine, Mark 9.23 says, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the, of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Right? Help my unbelief. Do you know if you say that when you're struggling your faith? Lord, help my unbelief. Do you believe that he will do that? Do you truly believe? I mean, he will. He will. You know, that's happened to me so much times in my life before I was a Christian. So many things that the Lord has showed me when he, was draw, when he was drawing me to him. I didn't want to believe. I didn't want to believe in Christ. I didn't want to submit. But when he was drawing me to him, everything I asked, I was trying not to believe. And he, sure enough, boom, 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 and everything came true. How could I not believe? Right? How could I not believe? And if you could believe that Jesus saved you from your sin, and he did. He gave his life. No one took it. He gave it because he loves you. Why wouldn't he encourage you to be able to believe in the word of God? All right? Why wouldn't he? He loves you that much. And this is what Peter is finding out, and this is what we need to know today, right now, the second. All right? That that's who he is. Because now he's seen who he is in his life. All right? And he is. In Ephesians chapter 3, he is. He does have that. He, too, exceedingly abundantly, abundantly above all, we ask or think. Man, Jesus is awesome. I, I, he's awesome. I, you know, side note, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to hearing with this VBS what's going to happen. All right? So what does he do? He's saying, verse 8, Jesus, uh, Peter, Peter responds to see himself in the light of who Jesus is. He sees, oh my gosh. I, I, don't, I don't know what he's going through. Maybe he thought, man, I walked away from him once. How could he take me back? This is me thinking, right? Because uh, I, I know when I try to try prove who he was, he's like, oh my God, how could, how, could this, how could God want anything to do with me? 
I already tried to turn my back on him once. I walked away already once. He's sitting right here. But now he's seen who Jesus really is and what he needs. He said, I'm sinful. Get Lord, depart from me. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through verse 5, this is Isaiah. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, all right, and King Uzziah was a good king, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled with the temple. Above it stood a seraphim, those are angels. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, this is Isaiah, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Man, I love that passage. I love that passage, because here, here's Isaiah, a prophet. He sees our Lord. He sees our Lord Jesus on the throne, and he says, Oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'm unclean. I'm a filthy rag, right? So this is, I believe, is what Peter's saying, right? We can deceive ourselves. We truly can deceive ourselves where we're at, right? And this is probably what happened to Peter. Peter probably left him once, and he's thinking, oh, my gosh, Lord, get away from me, right? He's probably ashamed. Why? Because he's always relied on himself. Pride. He's always relied on himself. Peter asked uh, Jesus to depart when he should have been asking him to stay. Are we asking Jesus to depart when we are in sin or we're just not believing for whatever reason what we once believed at one time, right? Like, ask him to come. Ask him to reveal himself to you, right? Jesus died for us on the, on the cross, right? He has he's so much grace. Don't ever... If anything you hear from me say today, it don't ever, ever, ever think that he will never pour grace upon you. Don't ever think, if you did walk away, whatever you did in your life, that he could never, never love me like he used to. Don't ever think that life in the pit of hell, because he loves you, and his grace abounds, the Bible says. All right? We need to humble ourselves, though. We truly need to humble ourselves and open our heart to Christ. James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God loves you. Verse 9. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, for now on you will catch men. Fifth thing I see here. You need to commit yourself and truly commit yourself to the Lord. I mean, totally commit yourself to the Lord. All right? Peter's life will be changed. Totally be changed forever. All right? But he says, by not being afraid, by humbling ourselves and denying himself to Jesus. You know, one of the things uh, in our walk is, are we totally committed to the Lord? I'm not, say, I'm not saying that, you know, if you accept the Lord, and I hope you have, we'll give you an opportunity. If you have not, but are you totally giving yourself to the Lord Jesus? Um, Luke 9, 23 to 25 says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses life for my sake will, sa will, will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and himself destroyed or lost? Here Jesus, he tells Peter, stop being afraid. You know, God wants us to have this relationship with him and not to be afraid. And we're talking about cowardly afraid. The Bible says fear the Lord in reverence. But he doesn't say to be scared of him. Right? We should be able to come to him with all our needs and commit ourselves to him and just say, Lord, because here he's scared. You know, he's scared. I, I will confess to you. I, if I was in issues, I might do the same thing. I, I would do the same thing. <laughs> I would do the same thing. 
if I was in his shoes, or even to, you know, here he denied him and he saw this, of course. I could see him being afraid. But now he's starting to know, don't be afraid of me. Right? Because he's telling them, you know, we need to ask ourselves the same thing. What are we afraid of that we push away Jesus Christ? What are we afraid of? He loves us so much. He wants us to give us our weakness. He wants us to give us all those things that we struggle with. He wants us to give him our marriages. He wants to give him our children. He wants us to give us our jobs. He wants us to give us our finances, the ministries that we're involved in, because it's the ministry is not my ministry. It's his ministry. I'm just being a steward over it. You know? And this is the things he wants to be done. He's asking, what are we afraid of? And I'm asking, what are you afraid of? Right? He just wants to change your life. Many times people think, well, if I give myself to the Lord completely, he's going to do this and that and the other. Well, you know what? <laughs> Next week we're going to see, we're going to hear, Lord willing, that mission trip that went to Mexico. And, and we're going to hear this wonderful report. And I'm sure, and I don't know, you probably could ask them. I'm sure the ones, the, those, those that went never thought they were going on a trip to Mexico to do that kind of wonderful service to the Lord. Right? So we should never be afraid of what God wants to do in our lives. I love how we're, our church now is doing more evangelism on the street, right? The love mantica, all that stuff that we're going out. Don't be afraid. God will use you. God will, God will use you in those things. Uh, uh, a commentator, Adam Clark, says that when you look at uh, that verse in the end of verse 10, from now on you'll catch men. Adam Clark says that the word catch signifies catching something alive. Right, that's true evangelism. Are we throwing out our nets, church? Right? We have all this stuff coming up. Love Mantica, throw out the net. VBS, throw out the net. We're, we're praying that we get a, a, a fisherman here in Mantica, Just throw out the net. Right? There's so much out there. Future missions. You know, we've been praying on that. You know, we've been praying on that missions trip for years. I'm sure I can't wait to hear the fruit on that as well. So that's what he's telling, telling us to do. Verse 11. So when they brought him their boat to the land, they forsook all and followed him. You know, a lot of people, we could go through our, our, our religious lives. We could go through walking our, 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 do our, our daily Christianese thing, right? right? Yet still not obey God's calling in our lives. Right? And still be empty in our lives. Right? You know, uh, I, I share this with you guys. I shared a few people. God has a calling in your life. God has a calling in your life. And, and He knows the desires of your heart. He knows what you could do. You know, um, I went to another church before I, before I met our, our pastor, who I love very, very much. Um, and I was serving there because when I accepted the Lord, I'm about 41, I think, years old at that time. When I accepted the Lord, I knew my past. I knew that time I, what I did. I knew that time I wasted um, in the streets. All right? From that point on, when the Lord drew me, like this passage here, when I accepted the Lord, and I, I didn't realize I was baptized with the Holy Spirit at that time, but I just wanted to serve God to the, to the day I die. Because I knew I wasted all those 40-something years in the world, part of the world, loving the world. Right? And I just wanted to serve the Lord. So that as I started serving the Lord, you know, I started getting involved in the Bible and stuff like that and, and doing ministry work. And then one of the assistant pastors at that church asked me, hey, Lord, you know, would you consider being, we're considering about being ordained? Oh, No. You got the wrong guy, Holmes. You got the wrong guy. I just want to usher. That's really what I want to do. Because I think ushering is very important. I just wanted to usher. And to be honest with you, I look back now, I heard that. I was like, Peter, probably back fishing. <laughs> at, at Costco, right? I, I, went, I didn't want nothing to do with it. Uh, no way. You got the wrong guy, right? And then, you know, I ended up meeting Pat, Pastor Pat. Got along. He told me he was gonna start this church. You know, for six months I waited and we start we start this church and start serving here. Just love serving. I love serving the church body. And 
and I started doing many ministries. And then he says to me, you know, I'm doing the children, I'm, I'm overseeing the children at this point. And he says, and the Lord tells me, this is what he wrote, the Lord tells me, I've got something for you to do. And I don't want you to say no. To, it was Pat, you know, I could see Pat's face, to, Pat, to Pastor Pat. And I said, okay, okay, here I'm all fire for the Lord. And, and here comes, and I'm thinking another ministry, right? I'm thinking another ministry. Okay, what ministry, Lord? And here comes, here comes Pastor Pat. And he says, I got something to tell you. Okay, what you got? I knew it. Oh, yeah, I got something, got something to tell me, right? Right? <laughs> put his arm around me and says, the Lord's put it on my heart to ordain you. Guess the first thought I had. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I went, I stopped, right? I stopped. I could just hear the Lord, right? And I said, this is a silly question, Pastor Pat. I go, did you pray on it? Of course I prayed on it. <laughs> I really wanted to say no, right? I was like, yes, yes, okay, yeah. God told me you're going to do this. God told me you're going to do this, man. Like, I thought I was going to do another ministry out there. And I say that because I've never been so blessed in my life being able to serve God. I, I wouldn't choose nothing else to do. I mean, I know, I know that I know this is what God wants me to do, is serve his people. Regardless, no matter what I do, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what ministry he wants me involved in. But there's never, I can never find joy, and I'll be honest, right in front, in front of the Lord, I can never find joy in, in, in my jobs, in sports activity, which I, I, I love sports, most of you know, I still do. But no, that don't, that don't give me joy. Serving the Lord gives me joy. And this is a lot tougher than work. But you know, this is more rewarding. Why? Because I'm in the presence of God. I'm going to see God forever. This is not, not going to help me get to heaven and be... No, I'm saved by His grace. And this is just the stuff that I get, I get to do. I get to do. Why? Because He loves me. And I love Him. But I want to do it. Right? No one making me do this stuff. And this is what, he's, this is what I believe is going on with Peter, right? Peter, when he says here, disciples, uh, or he says, pers uh, pers we forsook him, a lot of time we think, oh my gosh, does that mean, uh, you know, he's wanting me to be full-time ministry? Well, that doesn't mean that, right? But he's asking to forsake. What do you need to forsake in your life? What is it that you need to forsake in your life to completely follow Jesus? What is it? What is it? You know, later on when we come up here, We'll bring up the leaders, and we're going to pray on it. I mean, what's holding you back? One of the things that, one of the things that always breaks my heart is, is when I, I hear someone say, I don't, I'm not walking like I used to. I said, well, why not? I don't know. You still believe in Jesus? Yes. Why don't you just come to the Bible? I don't know. Well, what's holding you back? What's, what's your idol? What's your idol? Like a psalm we heard this morning. What's your idol? Right? God wants to take that from you. Truly wants to take these things from us. You need to commit and be faithful. Obey God's word is the bottom line. Right? The Great Commission, God therefore, God, God therefore make disciples. Go therefore make disciples. Make disciples. Right? Do you want to let go of what's holding you back to grow? Do you really truly, God will take it from you. You truly will take it from me. In closing, know that Jesus is your Lord. Not, not just your Savior, he's your Lord. If you know him, right, you need Jesus. And if you are not walking with God, recommit to the Lord. Recommit to, to the Lord. You're called to be a disciple. What's a disciple? It's a learner of Christ. Serve the Lord of Christ. Serve God. Serve God. That's how you grow. Grow in your calling, your prayer life, and share your faith with others. Share your faith with others. On 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 26, it says, this is for the believers now, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame 
the things which are mighty and the base things of this world and the things which are despised God, despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the, the, the things that are, that no flesh shall glory in his presence, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us the wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. So if, if this is you, if you know you need to recommit yourself, or if you never received the Lord Jesus Christ, don't leave. Don't not leave until you receive Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for your sins. He gave himself. He knows that we fall short of the glory of God. He knows every sin that we committed, and you know what? He took our place to go on the cross to die for our sins. He died. He rose up to, gave us, to give us life. And we could be with him forever and forever and forever. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you're such a gracious God. And Father, I wanted, we want to pray, Lord, for, for those who, who right now have, are not walking with you right now, Lord. Uh, we're being distracted of other things that are not important. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you pour out your spirit, pour out your grace. Lord, have them, Lord, come back at your feet because you, you love them and you want them there. And Lord, we're thankful, Lord, that you are always give us a new, fresh beginning. So Father, we just pray, Lord, for those here in church who have not been walking with you, let this day be the day they come back to, the, to their daddy. And Father, we pray, Lord, for us who have been to continue to encourage us, to continue to be able to be faithful, to stay in your word, to rely on your direction, Lord, and to always see what you can do and remember what you've done in our lives. Lord, continue to increase our faith, and Lord, we again and give ourselves to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for we want to be fishers of men and women. Father, thank you for this time that we can come together. Bless your word. Bless this day. In Jesus we pray. Amen.